Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What if you could become a better person, not by working harder, but by taking one small step a day? And not because you're a bad person now, but because there's something inside you that's ready for more. How to be a better person gives you one tiny step a day you can take to be the person you want to be. My mission? To help you live your best life. Hi, and welcome to How to Be a Better Person. I'm Kate, your host and author of the book, How to Be a Better Person, which contains 401 ways to make a difference in yourself and the world. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about cynicism and how we can keep our faith in humanity strong, even when it feels like the whole world's gone crazy. I'm sharing my top three antidotes to cynical thinking, which is basically doubting the inherent goodness of other people and something I have definitely noticed an uptick of in my own thinking. But I also wanted to talk to someone who's been through an even more personal and intense reckoning with humanity for her take on what got her through and how it shaped her thinking even after it was over. That person is Shelley Monch Kelly, author of the brand new book, Here's Your Pill, Kitten! While visiting New York City, a stranger bumped into Shelley, causing her to crash to the sidewalk and land on her knees, which broke her left femur bone clean in half. As it's the biggest bone in the body and requires a long time to fully heal, time when you can't put any weight on it whatsoever, Shelley spent three months in nursing homes where she witnessed all kinds of problematic behavior. Underpaid nurses doing thankless work and sometimes treating residents poorly. Fellow patients who had been in nursing care so long they had become hostile or despondent. The family members of fellow patients who dropped their loved ones off and basically never came back. Being immersed in that environment, and as the youngest patient, is certainly an invitation to make you lose faith in humanity. But at the end of her book, Shelley writes, I carry pieces of all those experiences and interactions with me to this day, and they've helped me become a more compassionate, understanding person. I want to find out how she landed there, and that's why I'm so excited to have Shelley on the show today. Shelley, welcome. Thank you so much, Kate. It's my pleasure. So tell us about what landed you in the nursing home in the first place and how long you ended up being there. Yes, we were visiting Manhattan over Labor Day about two years ago, and it was really a freak accident. A stranger bumped into me near Central Park, and I was just standing there with my husband waiting to cross the street. and. I fell to my knees and it shattered my left femur. And uh, I initially thought at the time, it was around 10 in the morning, and we had reservations that night at Butter, Alex Gornichelli's restaurant, and uh, a show at 8 o'clock to see Kinky Boots. And I figured, well, it's it's 10 o'clock. I might show up on crutches, but we can still make those two dates. Mm. And I was wrong. <laughs> Clearly. So I ended up having to have um, a four hour plus surgery and a nine inch titanium plate and seven pins installed in my left knee, basically. And uh, with the, the strict warning from my surgeon that, you know, if you even put an ounce of weight on this foot, 
it's over. Mm. And so I was in hospital for nine or 10 days and then transferred to the first of two nursing homes for 90 days to recover away from my home and family. Mm. Can you share with us about one of the tougher situations or people you encountered while you were there and what kind of effect that interaction had on your thinking? Oh, sure. In the first nursing home where I stayed for about two and a half weeks or so, it felt like forever. The interactions I had with the staff initially were horrifying and frightening because the staff looked as if it had been pulled directly from the pages of Orange is the New Black. Mm. All of the staff were from the islands, you know, Puerto Rico, um, Haiti, Jamaica, etc. And they all hated each other. It was really like the sharks and the jets from West Side Story. They were constantly bickering, arguing, threatening each other. And as racist as this sounds, it's, it just was what it was. They hated white people. And they saw me as Caucasian, even though I'm half Asian and half British. And it wasn't until a few days in that they realized, oh, she's one of us. You know, she's not white as they saw it. So it was terrifying the first couple of days because I thought, what are they going to do to me? Because they, I landed a private room and that made things worse because they figured I was some, one of the nurses called me a ritzy princess, which I'm not. If anything, I have major self-esteem issues and I'm not a diva at all, but it was it was frightening because I didn't know what to expect. I'd never been in a facility other than a hospital maybe overnight before in my life. And I was the youngest patient and I was cogent. You know, there was there was complete awareness of everything that was going on around me when many if not all of the patients existing not only in that nursing home but in the second one were under the influence of opioids. Mm. One of the realizations you talked about having in the book is that everybody has a backstory. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where did that come from and how did it help you deal with your new reality? Well, it, the, the first light of that realization came from a nurse whom I've nicknamed Nurse No Inside Voice. <laughs> and uh, she was, initially when I wrote the book, I attributed celebrities to my characters. But then uh, my, my literary attorney said, no, you can't do that. So um, this nurse was originally Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live. Mm -hmm. And not only did she resemble her physically, but also in delivery. And when I first met her, she was suspicious of me. She was a new nurse and kind of hostile. And we got to talking one day just about things. And she was, I think she was feeling vulnerable and she had discovered that I was a writer. And she said that she was going back to school to get her nursing degree, but that everybody doubted her because she was a foreigner and her husband called her dumb. And it really broke the ice open between us because it made me realize that here's this person that was putting up this really strong, if not hostile front, so that others around her wouldn't sense that she was anything but those things, you know, that they wouldn't see her weakness and her vulnerability or what she thought was weakness and vulnerability. And, and we actually developed a, a lovely friendship because of that. I, I proofread some of her essays and she got an A on several of them and she was just so proud of herself and she couldn't have been a, a 
stronger horn tutor for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But that was that was the first episode that that made me realize that oh yeah, everybody does have a backstory. Just like in Orange is the New Black, you know. Right. So it sounds like curiosity and vulnerability were two things that really helped you kind of get out of that initial, oh my gosh, where have I landed and what's going to happen to me? <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. For were sure. there were there other strategies or ways of thinking that you relied on to help you keep your faith in humanity? Just to be as humble as I could, especially since I couldn't do anything for myself except pick up the phone and call someone or you know, buzz the emergency button. I was immobile. I had to get up every day to do physical therapy, but I couldn't stand on my own. When in the first nursing home, there were I needed three physical therapists to help get me out of bed onto a walker and then pivoting onto a wheelchair. And that was more humbling than anything I can imagine. I might as well be paralyzed at that point, you know. Mm. For anyone who's listening who might be struggling with feeling like people suck right about now, <laughs> what's a practical takeaway you have for them? It's very easy, especially in these insane times. And you keep hearing the, the word unprecedented, but they, the, these times truly are unprecedented in all our lifetimes. There's a very definite tendency, and I find this in myself uh, every day and having to fight this, that uh, people are awful. How can they feel? you know, the way they do, why can't I make them see things the way I do regarding politics or health or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And certainly everyone does have the right to their own opinions, but to be closed off is one of the worst things that anyone can do, you know, is not to hear other people's opinions, which doesn't mean that you have to give up your own to accept other people's opinions. And so, you know, I plea with everyone to have at least an open mind, but to also use common sense and do your homework. Again, whether it's in regards to politics or life decisions, that type of thing. And don't just listen to what you see on TV or hear in the news or hear from eight friends, but not two others. So I think with as, as brittle a world as we have right now. It's important to pull back a little bit and look at situations as objectively as you can and rule with your head as opposed to your heart. You know, there's also a story that you and I, you mentioned to me when we were going back and forth during scheduling the interviewing and that you included in the book about there was one particular resident, and I don't recall his name, Mm -hmm. but who was, uh, he, he, talk about brittle. He had kind of a hard shell, right? And he mm-hmm. rolled himself into your room one night. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a situation where you could have easily been like, oh my gosh, I'm going to ding for the nurse. I got to get this guy out of here. But yes, you ended up yes. having this really lovely moment of connection. Could you tell us about that? Yes, yes. Um, he was, I mentioned earlier, naming everyone after celebrities. And he and my neighbor across the hall were the characters from On Golden Pond portrayed by Henry Fonda and Catherine Hepburn. Mm -hmm. And of course, I had to change their names. But they really did not only resemble those actors, but they resembled the characters. And he was very, in real life, he was very much in love with her because she reminded him of his deceased wife. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, he was always after her and he was always trying to escape from the facility. Six or seven times a day, the, the exit 
alarm would go off because he'd roll down to the end of the hall and try to open the door. And one night I wanted to get him out of Ethel's hair. She was the neighbor and uh, she would always grab him, uh, you know, his wheelchair and wheel him away from the exit doors and push him back to his room the whole time, just knocking him. Stop trying to get out of here. You're being an old fool, you know, that type of thing. But you could tell she really cared for him. Mm -hmm. And one evening I thought, well, she's had enough. She's trying to get some sleep. So I called him into my room and he didn't know who I was, but he looked like the spitting image of my dad Mm -hmm. who'd passed nine years earlier. And so I took it, I had a very soft heart for him and I talked to him and, and he did have a bit of dementia, but he did reach out to hold my hands. He almost broke them. He was very strong. <laughs> but after that night, he would roll into my room every every day or so and mutter a little bit, and he'd hold my hand, and I'd talk to him a little bit, and sometimes he'd fall asleep in his wheelchair. But he was just a very, very dear person. And not only did he remind me of my dad, but everyone in the facility just loved him. And it was a very touching experience. Uh, Because I'd been told by others, you know, if he ever rolls into your room or anybody enters your room without your permission, just kick them out or call us because that's not allowed. You know, they need permission. But with some residents, they don't have the capacity to understand that, no, this this is verboten. You know, they just roll in wherever they roll in and that's it. Right. Mm -hmm. Such a nice moment of connection. Yes, absolutely. So for folks who want to connect with you or who are mm-hmm. interested in reading your book, how do they find mm-hmm. you? Uh, two different ways. Um, actually, the book website is its title. It's all one word. Here's your pill, kitten.com. And my regular writer's website is www.smkwriter.com. Wonderful. Thanks so much for being here, Shelley. Thank you, Kate. I really appreciate the opportunity. Hi, this is Kate here with your tiny assignment, which is really simple this week. And that is to think about somebody whom you're feeling cynical about and just try to imagine what their backstory is. You could get curious and actually ask them if that's the kind of relationship you have. Or you could do some research if it's somebody well-known. Or you could just imagine it. But doing so will help you stay curious and it'll help you have some empathy. And if you're feeling stressed about the election, head to therapistpreferred.com slash election to enter to win the election survival kit, a combination of three premium organic THC-free CBD products, or one of four runner-up prizes, all designed to take the edge off your stress. You've got until tomorrow, Thursday the 29th at 11.59 p.m. ET to enter. So go now. That's therapistpreferred.com slash election. Good luck. Thanks for listening to How to Be a Better Person. Our theme song is Left for Deadish by Junior85. The podcast is mixed by Sound Advice Strategies. If you liked what you heard in this episode, share it with someone you think would like it too. Your voice matters. Also, How to Be a Better Person has an official newsletter that sends the past seven episodes, a sneak peek of the week ahead, and one well-chosen meme to your inbox every Saturday morning. Sign up at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com and click on Get Podcast News. I also love to hear from listeners. I mean, I love it. Send me an email by clicking on the Contact Kate button at BeABetterPersonPodcast.com. Tweet me at Kate Han, 
K-A-T-E-H-A-N, or find me on Instagram at Kate Hanley Author. I look forward to connecting with you. 